0: Hello, Annie trenders! Welcome back to another episode of the Anime Trending Podcast. I am your host, James, and joining me are the usual suspects.
1: Hi, everyone. This is Gracie hopping back and forth between Girl Talk Who and the Anime Trending Podcast. And we also have...
2: And this is Nico. Just Nico. That's it. I don't have any other intros. Uh, we're finally... In the first chart of the year. I'm excited are to look at it. I haven't, I haven't taken a look at it yet. Um, I, I also haven't looked at it.
0: I, I, Honestly, I don't look at the charts until like right before we record. Because I do want to have kind of my my reaction be uh, as, as fresh as possible.
1: Oh. Uh, there's a
0: Discord server I'm in that has a, uh, an emote that's literally called my reaction to that information. <laughs> uh, let me just uh...
2: Especially because we had so many like really interesting uh, shows that we talked about from last season like or from sunday last sunday is
1: literally the first thing i check is to see the chart <laughs> <laughs> oh my goodness
2: gracie so impatient is it because okay. you want to know like when you're right on things or yes is it like... that's
1: exactly it
2: <laughs> oh I mean, I like that too, but I always feel and like also I have when the. when I believe the voters are
1: wrong, aka Angel Next. Oh, uh,
2: so. got it, got it. So you're just like, wait, you need to, you need to get that immediate validation.
1: Yes, exactly. I,
0: that sounds like such a double edged sword, though, because if you like check on Sunday when they're released and you're right, it feels awesome. But if you're if if The chart doesn't go the way that you think it's going to go. That's just like this massive lump of negative energy right at the start of the week. I do not want to like end my Sunday, enter my Monday being like, oh, I feel terrible about this.
1: Well, for me, it's more interesting to sort of analyze who the voters are is the other thing. If it ends up not being in line of what I thought it was going to perform. So, like I said, I already guessed last season that our voters were probably majority young cis straight men. And that's exactly what they were. They were young teenager boys. And so, um, and the majority of the voters. And so that's like, so that's another reason why I like looking at the charts because of the fact that, um, Because of the fact that I can start predicting, like, who's actually voting this season. Because our voters kind of vary by season, which is really interesting. I've
0: noticed that.
1: Yeah. um, (laughs) So, definitely in fall, you know, we weren't dominated by teenage boys. That much is certain. But in winter 2023, we were. And so, it's just, like, the voters changed by every season. I don't know what or why or who decides it, but one thing I need to note right now to all the listeners, we do not determine the results because if we did, I would never put Angel at, at number one. So <laughs> I need to make that clear right now because I'm already seeing comments at the start of our first chart being like, anime trendings, vote, vote, rigging the, char- the charts. And I'm just like, if I rigged the charts, did you really think I would have put Angel at number one? Did you? So Yeah.
0: <laughs> Nah, see, you got You got to do like forty chests, Gracie. You 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 rigged it to something that you didn't want just to throw us off the scent that we rig it.
2: <laughs> that's true. That's that's that is what Gracie would do if she wanted to mastermind. So
0: anyway, I I do think it's interesting though about the whole seasonality of our voters because it makes me realize that. I'm I, even, I'm not the most consistent voter. Like I don't vote every single week. I know I'm a terrible, like I'm not practicing what I preach here, but, uh, when I remember which is usually like most weeks, sometimes I'll let one slip. Uh, but I'll even vote in like seasons where I'm not feeling it. I'll be like, okay, maybe this isn't my favorite, but this is the one I like feel the best about. I'm not, you know, f- frothing at the mouth excited for the next episode, but, uh, That makes me realize that I'm one of the weird ones that votes every single season. (laughs) So it's just kind of just kind of neat thinking about that. All right. So we do have our first chart check of the season. This is the chart that was released on April 16th, 2023. This is week one. So all of these are going to be technically new entries. Uh, We'll get right down to it. In first place, we have Hell's Paradise. In second place, we have My Love Story with Yamada-kun at level 999. We have, in third place, Mobile Suit Gundam, The Witch from Mercury Season 2. In fourth place, we have Oshinoko. In fifth place, we have Demon Slayer, Kimetsu no Yaiba, Swordsmith Village Arc. Uh, in sixth place, we have Tengoku Dai Makyou, or Heavenly Delusion. In seventh place, we have Skip and Loafer. In eighth place, we have Konosuba, An Explosion on this Wonderful World. In ninth place, we have Mashal, Magic and Muscles. And in 10th place, we have Insomniacs after school. So, I well, what do we all think? I have, I have a thought that kind of passed through my brain.
1: So, I'm going to be honest with you. I don't care too much about the first chart. And the reason why is our first chart have always consistently been quite weird, is the thing. Um, the the end result and the beginning result is often very, very, very different from each other. Every single this is the one thing that has been consistent about our polls, believe it or not, is that the first chart is always kind of weird. And then after a couple of weeks is when you start to see who the actual top competitors are. So, um, so I don't really take too much stock on the results of the first charts, to be completely honest, but a lot of the anime we talked about last week and showed up on the charts. So I guess yeah, that's good. I I think
2: that definitely, at least that helps reaffirm our confidence in like what we thought was going to be popular week one. Because um, yeah, you made you made the exact point I was going to make. Like everything we talked about is in top ten. Um, I don't know if there's any other exception. I know, Ancient Mages Bride's at like eighteen for season two. Um, and we can kind, of, kind of like briefly mention the reason why Ray Liana ended up at the Duke's mansion, but. Uh, I think we talked about everything else. I mean, Hell's Paradise, we talked about Yamuna-kun. I talked about Gundam. Oshinoko, we didn't talk about what we knew.
0: Well, we didn't talk about Oshinoko be... because we knew we were going to talk about it in the future. And we didn't want- Yeah, it's like, it's hard to say because it's like,
2: yo, going into this, I'm like, this could be top 10 all time. Like, it's not even, like, it's not even in this same season discussion. Like, um, On Oshinoko,
1: I'm going to say something controversial. I actually like the second episode more than the first. That's it. <laughs> nice
2: that that's fine
0: i that's fine yeah i was confession. gonna say like i haven't I watched hope, any of it yet
1: I,
2: I i think you're fine grace i mean it's like i would hope that the story gets better the more episodes i definitely thought the it, first so. episode
1: dragged just a little too much but i mean think, <laughs> i i think i really think it was like i didn't need that much focus on them as babies and kids i'm just like yeah yeah i get it move on <laughs> so,
2: yeah so cold so heartless you just want to normally my job. right out of the cradle and into orphanhood immediately <laughs> that's so. i'm i'm still thinking about um
0: i don't know nick if our old anime club is is uh is watching this i would hope they are because it's a good show but like mm-hmm. um the i can't remember if it was in regular deck or darker than deck where we just had the orphan count just like how many orphans are there this season
2: yeah that was darker than deck because it was just it happened to just be like the dark edgier shows and it was like why is every show we're watching like involve orphans in some way
0: so many dead parents
2: i'm 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 looking at this and
0: I'm a little surprised at the placement of My Love Story with Yamada-kun. Um I I th- it's a good show. I just didn't expect to see it at number 2. I'm I'm not surprised like if you said it's in the top 10 I'd be like, yeah, totally, but I'm a little a little surprised that it's number 2. Uh, uh,
1: Yamada-kun as... appeals to both genders is what I'll say. They have a really really cute boy for the girls and they have a really really pretty girl for the boys. So that's that's what I'll say on the matter.
0: That's fair. I don't know. I uh, very happy to see Skip and Loafer in the top ten. Uh, well Yay.
2: deserved. Did you watch um, episode three? Because like I'm, I really liked. I've I I'm, I'm really liking the show. It None of it so since we last talked. The third
1: episode. Also, I was not expecting the word himbo to show up <laughs> in the episode. <laughs> <laughs> <show up. laughs> <laughs> yeah, whoever
2: localized that, like 10 out of 10, because exactly. it honestly was, that was, that was perfect. Like, it's not the same words they used, but it was like, no, that totally fit. I That's why it.
0: localization is important. Um, we're not going to get necessarily into that discussion because it's a big old, uh, big old can of worms. But um, yeah, localization is good because it's funny. Do you remember uh, the, when uh, I not last, maybe it was the last season of Kaguya-sama or maybe it was the season before then. Uh, when we were in the throes of the pandemic and the subs were... Li- official subs for, like, three weeks was literally the line to what's with the social distancing.
2: Oh, my God.
0: I remember that. that was was really of the cultural zeitgeist. so
2: cursed.
0: They changed it. They changed it after a couple of weeks, but it was a very good joke when it was there. Uh, 10 out of
2: 10. Oh, my gosh. That's like, that's, like... That, like, Hannah straddles the line of, like, kind of being a little edgy, too. Like, at the same time, there's just, like, some horrible things going on. It's, like... Oh man.
0: Uh, yeah, I mean I'm not the the pandemic uh has really uh I I, be, I I I say this a lot to other people and it's a reference that basically none of them get but uh it's just that we time-walked ourselves. Uh,
2: yeah, like for sure. I there's
0: just there's just I I'm I'm looking back I was writing cover letters for a job application and I'm like, "Oh man, I remember going to that con- conference. That was just a little bit ago." And I'm like, "Oh wait, it was in 2018. It was 5 years ago. 5 years ago I went to that thing." <laughs> and I it feels like it was
2: yesterday. Oh, anyway i'm happy uh, that gundam got number three i mean i yes. don't even think it hit top five i think when it was for season one no Maybe. but it
1: did gundam did a slow climb up to the top which you know it has did. happened yeah. um you know and they usually tend to perform well at uh, the easiest example i can think <clears> of was <is throat> astra lost in space astra lost in space was not even in top 10 when it first started and it won Mm -hmm. anime of the season at the end and second place at anime of the year awards so um don't like yeah definitely i know a lot of the anime we talked about are already in top 10 but it wouldn't surprise me if some dark horse suddenly like shot up to the ranks or something like that they they can be pretty powerful so Mm -hmm. And the yeah. other
2: thing like since we're all talking about how great it feels being right like I think season two started out with things that I'm happy and Agnes is happy that we're both right on some of the theories that we had Ooh, so if you congrats! haven't listened to the previous episode that was us like trying to react in process to the end of season one um, we do have that episode somewhere on this page um, I'll,
0: I'll uh, link it in the description of this podcast episode maybe yeah, go, I'll try we, to at least I don't know how the links work on Spotify there's a
2: couple things that happened on my like i don't remember if we like predicted that part per se but like i'm now that like a couple things have happened it like it just kind of leads a lot more um speculation offline that we've been having so it's like i'm, looking forward, I'm, to it week after I'm week. looking
0: forward to the uh the second episode of the nick and agnes talk about gundam the witch from mercury uh mm-hmm. in you know like 10 and a half weeks or however long it is um the one thing i want to comment on is that normally, and this is something we've mentioned in the past on previous episodes at the beginning of the season, is that the first week or so is usually slammed with sequels, like, because everybody is thinking about what they've already watched and so they're voting for the shows they already like, and the number of straight-up sequels in the top ten is two, uh, which is very low, and then we have one that's technically a spin-off of an existing franchise. Uh, But still, that's a lot lower than we normally see in the first chart of a season. So
1: that is also true. Yes,
0: it's a good season for uh, for non sequel shows. I don't want to necessarily call them originals because a lot of them are adaptations, but uh, it's a it's a good season for the the new kids on the block.
1: Yeah, the new anime, the which new is, anime, <laughs> which is there kind of go.
2: surprising because I mean, between like what Doctor Stone, Ancient just Bride, uh, what is it? The uh, Tony Kawa season two got eleventh, so that was
0: um, yeah, it's doing pretty good,
2: almost there. But like, there's there's a lot of like. Sequels that were definitely like the top ten. Birdie wing, I like birdie wing. It's I think like, you're the only one that does. It's like I don't know how would I describe it. It's like it almost feels like a dated show. You're like, wait, I can't it's believe it's the datedness doing like 90s, I can't do.
1: But at the 90s- same time, the girls are really hot. So-
2: that I think is
0: you're the, so I, true. You might be. I, I'm thinking about it this way, Nick, because I think you might be the only member of anime trending staff that
2: actually golfs uh probably um if more viewers sent us money then i'm sure all y'all can golf in the they don't have a way to no, send us money we never golfing. set up a Patreon. i right on. hate golfing <laughs> oh my gosh i'm gonna have to be the one that's like when we're trying to make the the business deals like my whole goal right now is just to be the ringer player for anime trending so like <laughs> i want to learn
0: precisely for that reason i was in japan in 2019 with the the for the deculture quest um, and one of the things I got to talk with basically, we were in uh in Okazaki, um and the you know, one of the things that we got to do was like was like a cultural exchange, which was, hey, we have a bunch of these American college students. There is like the 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 committee in the city that is primarily designed for uh like international outreach and other stuff like that. And it's basically just consists of a bunch of retired people. Um, and so it's let the retired people talk with the American college students. And so I got to have this conversation with the guy that had like a full career. Uh, he started out doing like quality control for, a, a, a factory that manufactured parts for a Toyota manufacturer or like for Toyota vehicles. Um, and like worked his way up the ladder. And one of the things that he kind of emphasized is if you want to get ahead, you got to learn how to golf. Because uh, as much as, as much as much like, there is official paperwork done at meetings, 90% of the gist of it and some of even the finer details are hashed out while you're standing on the fairway.
2: Yeah, for sure. There's a lot of standing, a lot of talking, a lot of room for just chilling, having fun. Um, I just think it's really <laughs> funny if you were talking about, like, Japanese business is, like, somehow... Still in this weird like 1980s phase where it's like that's such a huge importance where we're nowadays it's not not so much um, in the US. Um, I think that's just really interesting is like why that's still part of business culture today. Um, yeah. I don't know if that has to do with like some aspects of still being tied to the past, which kind of goes into like what I wanted to talk about with our main subject today segwaying so good i
0: was about to comment the fact that people still use fax machines frequently in japan that's like the cool not even the cool that's like the Mm -hmm. one piece of trivia that everybody seems to know is like oh don't you know they still use fax machines fax machines are cool do you want to know who else uses fax machines u.s congress because it's actually really hard to hack a fax machine oh wow yeah cuz it's a uh, it's it's basically the, the analog like you have to have the correct equipment to to receive and decode the noises that come cuz you know it's it's using a phone line to transmit to transmit data <clears throat> Yeah so like secure secure messages get sent via fax in the United mm-hmm. States capital
2: Interesting. Well, anyways, do we have anything else to say about the top ten for this week? Um, I need yes, to watch Oshinoko,
1: more of them. Oshinoko fans, please chill. Uh, one, if you don't like its placement, just vote, and then, and I yeah, know, just vote for it, I, I, I'd like to note that you know, to all the people complaining about whenever someone's like, just vote. You don't have to stand in line for eight or nine hours to vote. You just have to... Yeah, it takes
0: like 30 seconds if you have a decent internet connection. Literally if you have a bad internet connection, it takes like two or minutes. your phone or your
1: laptop to vote. That's all I want to say. And the second thing is I would like to note that we opened the polls on Sunday, I believe, and then Oceanoko's first episode came out on Wednesday. So it had less days for people who are anime-onlys to vote for anyway. So, Yeah. <laughs>
2: So you're you're expecting to see a bump up because if we look at other like all time charts, Oshinoko is still above Full Metal Alchemist Brotherhood right now. <laughs> that
1: I will disagree I with. <laughs> I will disagree with that. It's, so. it's got
2: like a tenth the number of members and I know and I'm like, all right, so this is is this the time where FMA Brotherhood fans are gonna start mobilizing to Absolutely like
1: like, I wouldn't mobilize because I straight up just don't care about Mal, because I'm sorry, I just don't. But at the same time, <laughs> no, I'm, I'm like, genuinely, I'm like, nothing's going to be FMAB for me. So. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I should really watch Full Metal Alchemist Brotherhood. You should. Oh my this gosh. Is the, so that good. was the anime
1: that finally got Shauna into anime, is what I'll know. Because Shauna, like, could not really get into anime for her life, and it was, and it was actually, like, and it wasn't something that she wasn't, like, disinterested in, because she grew up in an area in, uh, where I live, uh, so the city I live in is really big, and she grew up in an area of that city where 75% of the residents are Asian, so she knows about anime growing up, she had more Asian friends than she had, like, uh, white friends, to be completely honest with you guys, and, um, And essentially, so she really knew about anime and she tried to get into it. And there's like specific ones that she liked, but she never really got into it. And it was only for Women Alchemist Brotherhood when I showed it to her that she got into anime. So
0: (laughs) There we go. Also, yeah, the city, it's gigantic. I hate it. Um, No, it's fine. Hey, hey, Uh, hey, hey. hey. It's too big. Too many freeways. Um, well, I guess that could be said about almost any Seven American, to eight freeways, uh,
1: maybe. I, I actually don't know. That's so
0: many. <laughs> anyway, yeah, we we Nick set us up, and we just absolutely like he teed us up perfectly, and then we went in with our nine iron and completely missed and threw out our backs. So why don't we actually get back to the
2: topic at hand?
0: Yeah. Um, so there's this
2: cool movie that just came out. It's really um, cool uh you were gonna
0: i thought you were gonna be the one to uh
2: yeah sure so okay. yeah so it's just by that little known director known as makoto shinkai so we're gonna be talking about suzume um, which should still be out within the u.s i know it already released in japan for quite some time and i don't know what the market's like overseas Um, but if you do have a chance to check out suzume um, you should do so because right now, I guess in the next, uh, for the rest of this episode, we're pretty much going to be talking about our thoughts on this movie because we all pretty much saw it yesterday, two days ago. Like it's it's pretty fresh on our mind, so we will be discussing spoilers for the movie.
0: Yep, we are so, we are one hundred percent. So uh, you, have you haven't watched it yet.
2: Been warned. been warned. Yes, you have
1: been warned. Yep.
2: <clears throat> all right, we're ready to go.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah. Yes. Uh, does somebody want to hit us off with a? Um. So, uh, yeah, go, go. Real quick rundown, or should I do it?
1: Oh, I've.
2: You should go for it. I guess if you want. Or I've someone, written
1: someone. one for Shauna. <laughs> let me pull. Okay. Let <laughs> <That's Yeah>. me <probably laughs> really pull it, it up. Though. Let me pull it up. It's coming. <laughs> All right, Shauna. What did I write to you? <laughs> uh, no, I don't want the group chat. I want Shauna. <laughs> Oh gosh, baby. Oh no, I talk too much with
2: her. It's too far up. (laughs) You gotta keep scrolling up. Oh no.
1: (laughs) Oh no. Okay, here. I'm just gonna search for the title of the movie. That's the only way around it now. (laughs) Um... So, uh, so, the movie is named after the main character. So, Susan May is a young teenage girl, and she meets a young, handsome man who she feels like is familiar. The man claims he's looking for a door in an abandoned area near her town. Unable to shake the feeling that she's met him before in the past, she chases after him and finds a mysterious door. Opening it, she sees it opens to another world, but ultimately finds herself unable to enter it. And then that's where I left it off.
0: <laughs> that... I mean that's a really great setup to the film. Yeah, they get laying the groundwork. Mine was going to be um uh, uh, uh two people chase a cat up Japan.
1: That's another way to put like, it. Yeah.
0: Like as far as like trying to get, if I needed to give somebody a one sentence uh like poorly explain a movie, it's uh two characters chase a cat up Japan to close doors. Mm-hmm. Uh <laughs>
2: And one of them is a walking chair. <laughs> yeah,
0: one of them is a chair. It's boys I, I and have behind-the-scenes
1: information about that chair. Anyway, <laughs> once we get into okay. it.
0: Like, like, okay, sure. Yeah, so the the more detailed thing is is Suzume meets this guy, Sulta, who is a suppo- quote-unquote closer, uh, who closes doors. Um, if the doors are open, this big old worm comes out, and when the worm comes out, it floats in the sky for a little bit before landing on the ground, and when it lands on the ground... Uh, earthquakes happen. The the worm is not visible to everybody. It's like a supernatural thing. Um, And then Sota gets turned into a chair. uh, And then... um, And then... uh, Suzume and Sota go after the cat that turned Sota into a chair. And they have to close all these doors while they're doing it. Um, And uh, that's kind of the gist of it. And then there's a dramatic climax at the end. Which I won't, I guess, get into. I know we said spoilers, but I still don't want to completely reveal everything you know
2: yeah we could just kind of go like based on the order of how it was presented i think because the key thing is that the first scene is where suzume ends up discovering the door that sota was looking for can't find a way through it just says okay this is all fine but then accidentally stumbles upon the keystone which is what's essentially sealing away the giant worm monster that's causing giant natural disasters um Within Japan, and so it's because of that that um unleashes that the keystone turned into the cat. Which now that the cat is out of the bag, or in this case, the stone is out ah, of the I ground, like that. And, um, <laughs> the cat can just do whatever he wants because he doesn't want to go back to being a rock. Uh, which I think is pretty understandable. Finally, yeah. having his sense of freedom yeah, um, at the cost of now that the fact that like all of the possible gates can now unleash this worm natural disaster monster. Um, so now, and also the cat turned uh, Sota into a chair. Uh, Not just
0: any chair, though. Uh, the chair, uh, he, he. I guess the more correct explanation would be like the cat put Sota's, I guess, soul and I guess body too Wait, can into I, can I the give childhood the
1: behind the scenes stuff now. Can I give the behind the scenes right. Yeah, for, for sure.
2: Okay. Let's talk about this. Chair. Okay. So, <laughs> um,
1: what I learned after the movie is that originally this was going to be a love story between two girls. And, um, and essentially, uh, the executives shot down Makoto Shinkai's original idea and basically said that the country isn't ready yet to see a um, same-sex uh, relationship depicted on the big screen. And so because of that, he was forced wow. to go back and make it straight. But then out of just pure comedic reasons, he was like, you know what? I don't want to just write another straight love story. I'm going to turn him into something cute instead. And <laughs> that's where the chair comes from. <laughs> and he like, oh my gosh. he considered all other types of inanimate objects too, before he finally settled down on the chair. <laughs> so.
0: Yeah. Three-legged chair. That's, that is way funnier than what I thought it was going to be, which was, uh, uh, either an homage or a reference to this Noitamina short that came out like ten years ago called. I chair. I was
2: thinking that too when like when she gets on the chair and the chair starts running around when they were playing with the kids. Yeah, it I was like that's it's like, like Pulets chair. Like it's such a it's such a
0: sweet little uh, series. I'll mm. no, I'll put a link actually, to.
1: Yeah, apparently, like one of the things he considered turning poor Sota into is like a food can. <laughs> I was like, I was like, I'm so glad he did not turn him into a food can. So. <laughs>
2: How powerful is is he where he's just like you can't tell me what to do i'm gonna turn my own characters into inanimate objects well they already Um,
1: told him what he couldn't do which is write the lesbian love story which is what he really wanted to do (laughs) so so he was just like fine i'll just make it a straight romance but turn what but turn the guy into an inanimate object (laughs) instead
0: so that's pretty good i think a chair though like from a like i don't want to say like well i guess from like a story or like action perspective is really good because the chair is still has legs yeah. so the fact that the chair can move around gives sotho some degree of agency i can imagine if he got turned into like a can of beans or something like how's he gonna get around is he gonna just aggressively roll after this cat <laughs> <laughs> yeah
2: I'm just gonna just roll it's, It'll it's be like it would that, literally um, be like oh my god dude it's like that, that Campbell's chef Boy commercial, RD commercial yeah yeah the ship yeah you where he's just like he's just going after the cat like <laughs> across the whole country i would love that i <laughs> oh i God. first
1: of all i appreciate that basically uh that basically uh makoto shinkai said lgbtq rights but i also appreciate the fact that he found since he was slightly i would say slightly upset about the fact the executive turned down his original love story he was like you know what fine i'll just make it a love story between the two <laughs> <So>
0: <laughs> that's very good. That's a, that's a very powerful energy, and I appreciate it.
1: <laughs> and then he made the chair stuff emotional, which is a huge kudos to him. So
0: <laughs> yeah. Well, but, I mean, like, tying it into the fact that it's, it's uh Mae's chair that her mom made yeah. for her. That I Actually, her that
1: mom. scene was probably the scene that did make me emotional out of everything because it was just, like, the simpleness of her mom just slowly working out making that chair and knowing that you know it it's it's she created something very small and simple and it just means the entire world for her kid and I'm like if that's not like a summation probably to a lot of our like childhood stuff that we probably still love because of some kind of memory and that Mm -hmm. stuff probably isn't that big of a deal probably doesn't cost that much money at all but it means something to us so that was the part I got emotional on is seeing her mom make the chair so yeah
0: I'm, yeah, I'm I'm on board with that, but I'm also like when Gracie's, like, oh, is like, it's the thing that made me emotional." I'm like, "Gracie cries in every movie. Like, why would I? Why am I not surprised?" No,
1: I do not cry at every movie. <laughs> uh, actually, I didn't cry with Susan May. I just like felt emotional in that moment.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah, Speaking of, Oh, sorry. Go, go. Having dang. emotions. Um... I, I felt that too and I think a lot of it tied into I guess the nostalgia Susan May has for her, for her mom Um, kind of ties into like a lot of like the big themes going on within Susan May mm-hmm. um, because like the first half of the movie is kind of like a wacky adventure going from place to place to place but it's like it, it kind of follows the same formula where it's like okay we come across a new thing that was recently abandoned like multiple years ago it used to be a place full of life like it was like a school that used to be open but now not enough people are there so it's an, now an abandoned school you go to a um an old amusement
0: park that old nobody uses park. anymore
2: yeah and um, like so there's like a flooded town but the, the point is that it's like you're kind of going from like ruin to ruin to ruin because that's kind of where all of these gates are they're in places um,
0: where there's a lot of memories i think that's
1: the explanation for it Mm -hmm. yeah so one thing that i've you know i've talked about before i'm just gonna stress about on here again is that i definitely think this is makoto shinkai's most quote-unquote japanese film in the fact that you understand it and connect with it a little more if you have a bit more of a japanese cultural context because I left or just
0: or just an understanding of yes. the like modern day politics yes. of Japan. Yes,
1: exactly. So I left the movie enjoying it, but ultimately feeling a little weird about it. And the reason why is I felt like I didn't, you know, there was a part of me that didn't quite like it, but I couldn't really figure out why. And because I couldn't figure out why I finally decided if I can't give a reason as to why I didn't like this, then that must mean it's something that I don't understand and something that I'm missing on. And then, so I, you know, I did. I actually did research after the movie. I went online. I, you know, unseen Japan did a, did a video about Susan May specifically. And so I listened to that. I read articles. And after I had finished essentially educating myself in more of the Japanese cultural context and understanding. And then I thought back on the movie. I realized I really liked it. So, um, so that that area where I couldn't quite figure out why I didn't like why I didn't like it turned out to be that missing piece. And so once it filled in, I was just like, oh, never mind. I really, really, really do like this movie. So, um, so that's one thing I'll know about this one is that it's uh, weathering with you and your name. Both of them, I feel like are just more international speaking, like international, like it's easier, even Mm -hmm. if you don't really understand or know Japanese culture to really enjoy the enjoy the stories. But specifically with Suzume, I definitely felt like it gets richer when, you know, sort of more behind of what this is based off of, because one, this is actually a modern, this is basically just a modern retelling of uh, Japanese mythology is what it is. Um. So, the giant worm in Japanese mythology, it's actually a turtle. And so, back in the yep. ancient days, you know, people don't know what earthquakes are because they didn't have the scientific understanding behind it. And so, they believe that a giant turtle monster, like, was attacking, attacking people on land. And what happened is two um or a family, a father and son, Uh, finally found a way to seal the turtle and they turn and with the gods blessings they turned themselves into keystone one east and one west this is actually why one of the cats is bigger than the other one that's representative of the father and the son specifically and um and then the keystones are then constantly powered by the gods who turn them into keystones and lock the turtle away However, because the gods are extraordinarily busy, um, sometimes they stop powering the keystones, and the keystones weaken, and so the turtle will thrash underneath, uh, underneath the city, and that's what "quote unquote" causes earthquakes. So that was the original mythology, and I was like, "Oh, this is a modern retelling of that," and I thought that was really cool. So
0: I love, I love that kind of mythology. Like I know there's a lot of really good storytelling. That comes from myths from around the world, but by far my favorites are the ones that are supposed to, like, that are representative of, like, science at the time, or just the way to explain natural phenomena. Mm -hmm. Uh, Shocker, the engineer engineer likes the stories that explain why things work. Um, (laughs) But definitely my favorite are, like, the earthquake ones, because there's, I think, a similar one. I can't remember which country it is but basically the long and short of it is hey why does the earth shake and the answer is just big old catfish dude there's just this huge fish and it's messing everything up <laughs> <laughs> um and which you know there's the actual stories have a lot more going on to them but the the kind of wonderful simplicity of it mm-hmm. of just like why does the earth shake well you see son there's this big turtle and a really long time ago this Dad and his kid decided they were gonna stop the turtle from moving, uh, but sometimes, sometimes the the gods forget, and then just the shaking happens. You know, just sometimes, whatever.
1: Yeah, so that's um. So I I so Agnes had so I, the girl Taku went with me, and Agnes had actually already suspected that uh, Daijing, the little cat, is actually a kid. Who was forced into a keystone because the other one clearly acts more like an adult, especially when the two later meet each other. Like you can literally see the bigger one mm-hmm. like lecture, <laughs> lecture the smaller yeah, one, and then, like and like it, like pat like paw it down to like groom it and <laughs> stuff like that. Very like parent child <laughs> energy. And so, uh, so that's so Agnes had already suspected that the uh, Daiji is actually just a kid. Um, but definitely knowing the mythology now i'm like oh it's the father and son that's why the father is lecturing the son
2: mm -hmm.
0: you dumb brat how dare you skip off work
2: especially it was kind of interesting how like sadaijin came out of um tomiko the aunt Mm -hmm. Uh, when she was yelling yeah Uh, is that her name i thought it was tamaki uh, Tamaki, sorry yeah sorry i missed it but the, the point is that it's like even though um she was the aunt she was raising her for the last 10 years it's like she, they actually are truly kind of like the closest she's had to her Yes mom yes since of her course mom passed away mm-hmm. um I thought that, I thought that was kind of interesting how you could tie it back into the daijin inside daijin. Yeah parent and child
1: Yeah so that's mm-hmm. one thing that <clears throat> helped me sort of appreciate the movie more Uh the second thing is definitely the sort of catastrophic effects of depopulation that is happening in Japan right now I think, um, so the thing is, I think we kind of mock uh, the depopulation issues anywhere, like not just Japan, South Korea, even like in US, the, you know, uh, birth rate and stuff like that going down. Like we kind of mock that idea. And the reason why simply is twofold. One, because the government keeps continuing to be idiots and not go to the root of the actual problem and try to think of all these other quote-unquote like solutions that are not at all for actual problems as to why birth rates are so low and b we probably all live in areas that are more heavily populated at least i definitely do and so i don't you don't anymore
0: <laughs> yeah not anymore which is which was really cool seeing it because uh since i'm studying uh community planning and like regional planning one of the things that keeps coming to us and mostly it's because the the state university here is a convenient inexpensive resource to use uh but a lot of it is like hey this town had 2000 people and now it has 1400 people and they need to come up with a plan for how they're going to deal with the next 10 years mm-hmm you know what happens when the what happens when the middle school has to close what happens when there's not enough people you know when there's not enough people to have a fire department anymore oh you oh when, um,
1: James then you probably connected to that um portrayal better than me because you you actually see it or you know it's very close to you versus yeah me I've never not been in like a city so
0: yeah and I also spent my summers up in the mountains and those communities like we love, we, I, I like to, you know, look at the, the city, um, data signs that are there, like, welcome to this city, population, whatever, elevation, whatever. There's a ton of communities in the Sierra Nevada mountains along, uh, California state highway four, where it's like, welcome to, I'm going to like throw out Dorrington as an example. Cause they have, there's a really good restaurant there. Um, but like, welcome to Dorrington population 152, like there, there are these communities, and they're not really, they're not growing because there's no, there's, it's not a place to raise a family at that point. You know, the nearest school is like 45 minutes away by car, um, all sorts of stuff like that. So the, 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 the concept of depopulation and, and kind of, I don't want to necessarily say rural decline because you'll even see it in larger cities like Kobe, for example, the second stop on Suzume's journey, it is not a small city, and yet there is still a giant abandoned amusement park. Right. <clears throat> um, so,
2: it's... Yeah, it's especially because it's like with rural, it's like, it's almost like, because it's out of the way, you don't see it as often, but with like a larger city going through that, it's like, you see the the impact is huge. It like affects yeah like so many more people yeah, so, at once. Yeah, um, so...
1: Oh, so I yeah, so James, you know, I, I wish you could have educated me on this for sure, but um I I definitely had to be educated to really realize just how drastic and catastrophic the depopulation has actually been affecting Japan and you know, suddenly it was yeah, like suddenly it was just no longer funny that the government just can't seem to find the solution to the problem. Because they don't want to address the actual problem. So, yeah.
0: Yeah, no. Japan has it way worse than even, like, the rural United States. I'd say even some of the hardest hit parts of, like, Appalachia in the U.S. Those are, like, old, like, coal mining areas that where coal is no longer the big industry there. Mm-hmm. Um, like, that's, I think, in the U.S. that has experienced some of the most decline. Mm-hmm. But even then, if you compare it to J- the the rate at which some J- uh, Japanese towns are vanishing, it's it's... No contest. Um, I, I did want to, before we continue talking about Suzume, I was kind of reminded though, and this is because I got train brain, um, of weirdly enough, episode one of Skip and Loafer, uh, because there's that scene where, uh, our, our main character imagines <gasps> yeah! the like, the dramatic farewell yeah, exactly. as they're all running after the train. And then it just jump cuts to like, haha, that's really funny. The train stopped running here eight years ago. Um, so that, that I was like, Hey, I'm reminded of that. And then every now and then across my feet, I'll get news of like, Hey, this is a school that has two students in it. This is, uh, I'm sure a lot of people have also seen, uh, I think the, the station finally closed like three or four years ago, but there was like a bunch of news stories about this one train line that serves this one station for one student because that's how she commutes to school, and it was like this cool little oddity when she was still going to high school, and then there was another news story that's like, yeah, she's graduated now, so they're not
1: serving that station anymore. Mm. I want to note just a mm. tidbit for you, James. Uh, Makoto Shinkai has been on record saying that he really, really loves trains, so yeah, <laughs> um, so he's an actual train fan here.
0: <laughs> I I loved I love seeing all the trains. Um, in his various movies i know for you that is on purpose um... now
1: i know it's on purpose it's because he really loves trains
0: yeah i have to i have to wait until this comes out on like either for streaming or on dvd so i can rewatch it and uh do another anime on rails on it because i did one for for uh for your name a long time ago and so i'm looking forward to doing more because there's there's a bunch of different lines that are used because they're traveling all over the uh all over the country
1: yeah uh, yeah, so that's another uh, section that once I really <laughs> understood uh, the sort of the effects of what's happening with depopulation, it made me appreciate with what that movie is showing. And it also felt a lot more emotional to me, even just thinking back on it. Um, the last final thing is in regards to an, a, like a huge event that happened in Japan that not even was that long ago, if you really think about it. Um, but it's, so this is big spoilers. I mean, this isn't the main plot twist at the very, very end, I feel like, but it is a pretty big plot twist is the fact that her, um, her mom died in the 2011 earthquake and tsunami that had hit, uh, Japan. So I remember that, and it was all over the news, and people were asking for donations to help. And I actually, I think I actually, um, you know, my, or my family, because I was still in high school, um, my family donated because it was just such a horrible thing. But I, it never occurred to me the fact that there's an entire huge generation of people right now in Japan who are just living with that severe trauma and it's made me realize that really this is a movie about a girl who is slowly parsing through her trauma of what had happened back then that affected her as a kid. And, um mm-hmm. and I, after, and because of this movie, I did a lot more research on exactly like the exact effects of what happened with that tsunami and that earthquake. It's, it's genuinely heartbreaking. Like I think they said around 10, uh, uh, was it a, uh, uh, it was thousands
0: let me i have i have the i have the casualty data here on okay. wikipedia because i knew you. yeah were talk like about thousands
1: this. of kids lost either both parents or one which like i that's that's a type of trauma that i can't even imagine like i can't even fathom and that's mm-hmm. you know what susan may have to deal with and um but there's also a lot of other things that just hit me so hard like for example. I learned that you know the the residents really only had up to thirteen minutes to evacuate, starting from the earthquake to the tsunami. And I'm like, that is nothing. Like, I, like, getting in my car and driving for, th- even driving for 13 minutes isn't going to get me very far. Like, there's, like, a type of horror in knowing that, like, I was just thinking to myself, what could they have done in 13 minutes? Like, that is such a...
0: It's not even driving for 13 minutes. Mm-hmm. It's you, like, sitting at your table and then having right. to, like, get your shoes and get your right. keys in 13 minutes. Exactly.
1: Like, that's what I mean. It's like, even if I literally drive for 13 minutes, that doesn't get me as far as... As you think so much less you know you're sitting you're doing something everyday life and then 13 minutes you got to find a way to like get out of there and be safe and that really blows my mind and it's also horrifying to like imagine what you could have done in 13 minutes like that just scares me and like a wh- like to the core and so that's another thing that just struck mm-hmm. me really hard and then um and then there's also the fact that there is one particular tragedy that was just awful um, it was a small school of only like 108 students. And I think 74 or 80 of them, uh, somewhere around that range of those kids all died. And...
0: Okawa Elementary yes. School. Yes. Yeah. Oh, gosh. Yeah. That
1: that actually, like, that... I think I cried reading and learning about that because of just how awful it made me feel. Um, and what was made worse by the fact that um, the, there was a lot of... So, a lot of... So, they're in a rural area. And so, a lot of the moms are... Uh, are very young stay-at-home moms and a, a lot of the moms went to the school to try to get their kids to go to um to go to higher ground because they feel like something is wrong and believe it or not the school administration refused to hand over their kids because the school administration were just absolutely set on the idea of sheltering in place in that school, which is considered to be an earthquake shelter, but it is not, absolutely not a tsunami shelter. And the result is, like, almost everyone from that school died because of the tsunami, and, and like, and I just, I can't even imagine, like, how those, how those moms felt to just be baiting in front of the school doors wanting to get their kids and grab them and get to higher grounds and basically being turned away and not allowed to like I just that's just so hard for me to think about and so um and I'm, I'm really ashamed to say that it took until this movie for me to really like research and understand just how devastating of a thing that um of a thing that uh, that event was but it really really made me understand now and it really makes me look back on the movie and realize that this is just a, a long journey of susan may slowly understanding her trauma and re- and like going walking herself through it and coming to terms with it at the very end of the day and and i and you know ultimately coming to a happy point of knowing that life is still beautiful and the world is wonderful and there's wonderful people and it is worth it despite all the pain that you initially had to go through and and i think that ultimately is just what sealed the deal for me and i was like you know what i do i do love this movie a lot so um mm-hmm.
0: yeah uh, That's it's a, really a oh, go on nick sorry
2: i was just gonna say because like i think going back to the idea of resilience um is kind of a good way to describe um what people have some of this thing hanging over them because the turtle or the worm in this case in a lot of the cases when the earthquakes are happening, it's kind of like symbolically like hanging mm-hmm. over. Yeah.
1: Everyone,
2: even the ones where they're able to stop. And it's kind of that idea of like, when everyone's getting those earthquake signals that on their phones, um, the emergency alerts, that it kind of gives you a scare where you're like, you don't know if this is going to be a really big one or if it's going to be a small one, but it's kind of like you can almost feel like their whole town the whole society everyone in this area is kind of getting this little bit of a jump mm-hmm. and kind of a scare um just because it's invoking memories of the past every time it goes off yeah like that. um so i thought it did a pretty good job of just kind of showing that it's it's not just susan may dealing with it but i mean it's it's kind of like it's dealing with a lot right of the people right in yeah the country that um are going through what susan may ended up going through um and going back to it, it's like, it's so hard to be like, this movie is about the earthquake, Um, but also it's not necessarily the first time where I think Japan has experienced insane natural disasters that kind of become part of the natural psyche, just because if you have some memories that, such as the famous woodblock painting with the Great mm-hmm. Wave, you have uh the famous uh kanto fire which they talked about earlier in the series Mm
1: -hmm. of the 1923 tokyo earthquake yeah yeah
2: 1923 tokyo earthquake there's like the great kanto fire um so it's like you have some that are even like hundreds of years in the past where it's like these great um where it almost feels like the the march uh 2021 feels like the end of the world he's yeah it's like it's in this spot and it's kind of like I, i always felt like shinkai is saying that like this is something that we all have been dealing with. And it's something that we've been dealing with in Japan for hundreds yeah, of years. Mm-hmm. It's, it's kind of ingrained into their own cultural identity, which, which is why, like, I think that kind of goes back to the idea of that. It is such a Japan centric film that I think it's really hard to understand that without knowing that history. Right. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. Like,
0: we, we, we get, you know, greater. We, the three of us, when I say we, have kind of that that better understanding because you know either we do research after the movie or we're just nerds, <laughs> right? So we have kind of like trivia, just offhand. Yeah. Um, and so I think though, yeah, if you're not you know a dweeb like us, then you, you might have a little bit of a. It, it's still a good movie, and you should still watch it, but you'll have um, maybe it won't hit as hard or sink as deep.
2: Yeah, like um, like I feel like it's still universal. Like the main catch is like. So Weathering With You and Your Name are love stories, uh, but they're more about uh, boy meets girl, like finding that special someone that you're yearning for somewhere in this world, which is something that like I feel like is easier to understand. Right.
0: Yes, yeah, your name level. had that like red string of fate um, stuff.
2: Suzume is like a love story about your loved one. Yes, ones.
1: that's such Not a good way to describe boy meets it. Yes
2: girl like so it's it's a lot of it is tying in and cherishing the memories we have and so there's there were a couple scenes that i think my favorite scene i think is when they're in the car with serizawa the college student who really loves the oldies and that's so okay like,
0: so i wanted to mention that real quick is that yeah you know, we've been dwelling on a like a lot of the like oh tragedy of the past and and you know things that are forgotten and memories and all that but we do have a character in the movie that's like yeah no old stuff is great and so, yeah, Ceresalo, a cool college student training to become a teacher, who just loves the oldies. He mm-hmm. said, "These, these, these bops, these 1973 chart toppers that then become ending themes for 1998 anime
2: series." <laughs> is and her circumstances, which we talked about last week, yes. and I did not plan that. I was like, "Oh, that's his and her circumstances." Wait, Michael, can ending. You, I'm so happy. Can you
1: repeat what you said. I just, I, I just thought that was so beautiful. I need to write it down.
2: <laughs> so, so. I my argument is that Suzume has themes that are as universal as Your Name and Weathering With You whereas it's still a love story it is not necessarily a love story about finding that one specific significant other like the person you yearn for you know, such as like in Your Name it's a love story for your loved okay, ones. Okay, yes, that's... Like, to, to oh, your loved ones. Oh, that's so good.
1: I, I, I'm writing it I'll, I can't help it. I'm an author. i <laughs> can't write it down. Just... Mm-hmm. <laughs> your
2: loved ones.
0: Yeah, I, I think it's a good one. One of the things oh, that sticks so out, and beautiful. I'm going to talk about... Oh, God, it's so beautiful. It's... <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> no, no, take your time. Take your time. <laughs> no, take... Uh, please praise, <laughs> praise. Yeah, lavish, lavish praise upon because our... Because that's the thing. thing. It's like,
2: it, like there's there were a couple scenes where, like, a lot of the gates are in spots that weren't necessarily natural disasters. I mean, there was some that were. very the school had a mudslide, but
0: like the theme park just fell on hard times.
2: Yeah, like theme park fell on hard times. The school had a mudslide. There was the one that I felt like was a reference to the Fukushima nuclear disaster, tying it to the earthquake because it was of the signs saying like the soil was mm-hmm, contaminated. Yeah. yeah,
0: those are the contaminated um, soil trucks. They still. But have
2: like, those. it's easier to be like to kind of show that like a lot of these disasters are compounding with the depopulation issue. Um I, I that's why it's like it's it's hard to be like this is a focus on one national trauma, but it's hard to separate that specific event from talking about the rest of the issue. It's like it's so interconnected that it's like impossible to separate. Mm-hmm. Um
0: yeah I, I I I yeah memories, loved ones. I think not you know all the tragedies done or all the we we'll keep using the word tragedies. I think what's interesting is each of the gates has like a slightly different story to it. So like the old school, perfectly normal school, but as we learned later from from Chica, um, at least I think that's her name if I remember correctly. Yeah. Uh, like mm-hmm. that's where she used to go in middle school. And then there was a mudslide and they just didn't bother cleaning it out and they just moved on to somewhere else. So that's like a natural disaster related one. Then we have kind of more economic related ones, which is like, yeah, there was the theme park and it just went out of business and they didn't even have the money to tear it down. Um not entirely sure what we got for the one in Tokyo that's just the the big here's the 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 western gate basically um I think and then it might
1: as, as be an further. abandoned um like train station like area a subway line.
2: yeah yeah it could have been an abandoned I... rail line I don't know actually like
0: I'm looking at the at, well I'm thinking about the gate specifically and also the condition of the uh
2: it, the, um, it could just be more symbolic of like because Tokyo is the heart of the mm-hmm, country. Yeah, yeah. If yeah. this falls, it's it's more of just like the big pressure point of everything combined. Um, yeah,
0: I think it's just you know uh, the, these gates are formed and their memories formed and, and they get kind of lost or forgotten for different reasons. Is I guess the point I'm trying to mm-hmm. get at here, like they don't all have to tie together in a neat bow. It can be the whole point mm-hmm. is that like they're similar because they're different. You know. Yeah. Mm-hmm um we stand a great ant or a fantastic ant not a great ant because that means something different <laughs> uh, this is the season this is the season of excellent ants we have uh now chan from skip and loafer and we have uh, oh tamaki you're right from,
1: uh... yeah no that's really... yeah. yeah yeah
0: i'm i'm connecting to other topics Ooh, i've got the biggest brain well, one thing
2: i thought was super interesting with tamaki was like when one of her sources of frustration with raising Suzume may that comes out is the fact that she said hey I was so busy I couldn't date or raise a family of my own because I was too busy taking care of you. Like I I felt personally that was more of like an argument about the economics of like people who are young. Oh, 100%. World, which, which 100% goes back to that population Yeah, issue. no no
1: no, 100% you're exactly right. I mean, I, so I learned a lot more about child rearing actually from buddy daddies, funnily enough. And so, uh, where I, have seen them already from unseen Japan, but then you really see it in buddy daddies like getting shown. Um, I, there's been, um, a constant critique from Japanese citizens have always been the way that they live makes it very hard to sustain a normal life if you're a single parent whether you're a single dad or a single mom or in this case an aunt who has taken in and um, has taken in her niece and stuff like that it's it's just very very hard to do everything you need Mm -hmm. to do to raise the kid while making enough money to make sure that they can live comfortably so you're absolutely correct in that analysis
0: yeah i i i liked that that i guess that confrontation um at the at the rest stop because one of the things and I don't want to call it like Chekhov's gun particularly but it's the there's a comment that Susan May makes at the beginning when I think she's talking to Chekhov just like yeah sometimes I feel like I've stolen my aunt's best years from her mm-hmm. uh and I feel mm-hmm. and like I feel a little guilty about that and I think one of the and this is this is maybe just me speaking personally I don't know maybe some other people feel the same way of Having that that worry, that seed of doubt, and then basically in that heat of the moment argument, being confronted with the fact that the thing that you were afraid of the most is absolutely true to some degree, of just, like, the thing that you felt guilty about, that's true, you weren't just, like, crazy, you absolutely did this, and then, like, having to kind of deal with that, and my favorite response afterwards is in the car when there is kind of that post-argument apology, mm-hmm. which is when Tamaki goes, I don't feel that way all the time, mm-hmm. which they totally could have written it saying, I don't feel that way, mm-hmm. but that would be a lie. There are absolutely times when you, and I, I mean, I've talked to my parents about this a little bit as well. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I, I think everybody that, I don't want to say everybody that talks to their parents, but there's a common trend of people basically learning about their parents and being like well my parents used to be really cool what happened and it's like you happened you are the reason why they had to give up all of their hobbies because raising a child is that time and energy consuming you have to and sacrifice
1: so. things when you raise a kid that is a hundred percent like the truth yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. and
0: and so and so you know not walking away from that fact by being like yeah I'm sorry I said those things I don't feel that way all the time mm-hmm. um, I was like ah oh, yes. That's what I. That's what I needed. It was a great resolution. That also, like, it's realistic, spoke
1: truth. and honestly, I think yeah. it's also just great parenting. You know, like Susan at an age where she definitely would rather her aunt tell her the truth than try to sugarcoat things. And I mean we're definitely Mm. at the age where we'd rather our parents. It's because we're
0: all old, Gracie.
1: (laughs) Well, I mean ancient,
0: crusty, even.
1: Well, we're definitely at the (laughs) age where we'd rather have our parents just tell us the truth. And it's it's good parenting to it's good parenting for parents to admit that yes, things are hard and yes, we're not perfect, but it doesn't change the fact that we love you with every bit of our with every bit of our soul. And we'd do anything for you. And that's exactly what her aunt said is that yes, like, you know, definitely those thoughts have occurred, but I don't regret anything. And I think that's really, really like just important and powerful. And I don't
0: regret anything and I decided to chase you all the way, you know.
1: Yes. Oh my gosh, when she sent those paragraph texts, that was so funny. (laughs) Like that was was so funny. (laughs) Um yeah, so I on top of that, I do want to know like where I know we're running up to the hour here, but I do want to know. Susan may had some really hilarious moments, like genuinely oh, just yeah. so funny.
0: <laughs> the the having to like pay play babysitter to the kids, ten out of ten, and that's another one of those like raising kids is hard things. Mm-hmm. Um, or
1: with like the uh, car hood, <laughs>
0: like Oh, the car, I. My favorite is definitely when they drive into the ditch and then, like, the convertible thing finally works and he's like, oh, it worked, and then his door (laughs) falls off. Oh
1: my gosh, there's so many great things in there. That was just really, really funny. (laughs) So good. Oh, and there was also the fact when at first Solta tried to like tell her to go back because he doesn't want to get her and get her dragged into this and stuff like that. She was just like, I don't think a chair can buy like, you know, train tickets and stuff. And I'm like, she's got a point, Solta. You can't really buy a plane ticket as you are, or not plane ticket, but like train tickets as you
0: are. Yeah.
2: Yeah, he, was, he was a little dumb i don't know <laughs> this is like my i think it's because he's like... so
0: he's a very single-minded person
1: yes
2: <laughs>
0: he's like i have a goal and i'm gonna do it and doesn't really think about how
1: yeah that's i think i agree with you <laughs> he's um uh, uh, he's a little bit of a himbo if i may point that out <laughs> yeah oh, my
2: goodness. like because like because I'm, I'm the direct comparison i know someone's like yeah this is how from Howl's Moving Castle, just because he's long hair, he's got the beauty mark. But I always felt like Howl wasn't like super. Howl was more childish than so? Yeah. yeah, like he's like Howl would be like. He's just oh, so my hair is ruined, just, therefore I'm sad. Like,
1: though Jack has a really interesting theory. So Jack's our uh, person who comes in to replace one of the girls if one of the girls is gone. And mm-hmm. Girl Taku, uh, he after he learned that it was originally supposed to be like a lesbian love story, he was like. That, you know, Sota's design was basically just the OG woman's design with the longer hair, the long eyelashes, mm. and the, like the, the beauty mark under the eye, which tends to be yeah. a very common, like, girl beauty mark. They
0: gave Sota very much that, like, androgynous bichy kind of yeah uh,
1: and and so he was just like i feel like i feel like he just like made the face sharper because you know men's uh, faces tend to be sharper so like made the face sharper and then took away the boobs (laughs) so that's so that's jack's theory i mean
0: if you're gonna put it i'm I'm assuming character designs were already like in the works before this the whole like you can't make it about lesbians thing came up yeah so it is a lot easier to modify existing character designs than try to come up with things from scratch yeah (laughs) anyway it's a good movie. Um, gosh darn. I, I enjoyed it. Um, Actually, this might actually be my favorite Shinkai film. Like, I know your name took everything by storm when it came out. And I know a lot of people really liked um, Weathering With You. But I think this is my favorite so far out of all the Shinkai films I I actually
1: watched. agree. So I, like I said, originally left with being like, oh, I think I still like your name better. But having done my due diligence of research and with that knowledge, thinking back on that movie, I'm like, you know what? I think I might actually like it more than your name. So, um, so yeah, that's also, that's also where I'm at. Uh, James. <laughs> yeah.
0: How about you, Nick? Have you seen all three? Oh, all I'm all on
2: pressured. Shooting? I have to contradict. Okay. Well, no, you too So from <laughs> the music standpoint, I actually thought it was interesting that Susan May's um, soundtrack it's a lot more varied. Oh, jazz! A lot more yes. different. Jazz. The jazz. We have the, like the the choir music. I I thought that I like um, the choir music a lot too. I thought that between the three movies, I think, I think Susume has a great chance of like really tying its own theme together with within the the music. Um, whereas like your name is like I when you think of your name, I always think of just like all of the piano riffs. Um, when I think of "Weathering with You," I think of like celestially sounding sounds that I don't really feel the identity with Weathering With You as much. But Suzume at least is like um, the choir and the voices, I think kind of tie back to the human theme, but because it's like so much of it's like kind of human produced sounds, it goes back to the fact that it's a very human story. Um, Visually, I still think Your Name has a beat. I just think that there's some sequences that – your name does a lot better with the visuals, like with the meteor strike, I think and your name, I think just blew my mind the first time I saw it. Whereas in here, I think it was it was OK, but I think it was not I, I, I don't feel like the direction like wowed me as, as hard. And I don't know if that's just like style fatigue from Shinkai movies. So I personally would put your name above Susan May, but I think Susan May's is way better than Weathering With You. Um, i
0: think i mean that's that's a totally fair um like like i i I
2: just feel like so much of that first half is like very episodic going door to door literally where i'm like okay this is a little repetitive where we're like okay meet a person do the thing meet the person do the thing then I, i felt like the first half where soda is a chair is like a little bit drawn out but Okay, I will.
0: I will agree with you on that. There was at some point when they were like making really steady progress with this, and I'm like, all right, this is part of like a three act story. Where's the part where everything seems like it's never going to get better? Like, where's the low point?
2: Yeah, and are? like, like I don't, I don't want to get into like the plot twists, plot holes of like, okay, so the aunt finds her in Tokyo. Uh, Sarah's always the strange man she thinks Suzume runs off with, and now she's somehow like, okay, guys, we have to get to my childhood hometown. Which I'd have no reason to think that it's there except for like maybe just a hunch, and so like I, it's just like somehow she has like this. The fact that they're able to do the road trip part is like a little bit weird. Where I'm I like, I think how do that, was, to like um, that was that was a involved? consistent
1: critique is that that particular road trip part felt a little long and a little weird for some reason, and so.
0: Yeah, but it had the best
2: soundtrack. It had the oldies. It
1: had the oldies, and it also had the hilarious car hood, which, you know, I Yeah,
2: it it had great character moments. I just it just didn't like make sense how they all decided on this plan, unless it was like they had to realize, like, hey, Suzume really needs this for her to emotionally heal from whatever she's got. Well, I like Because think... at this point Serizawa and Tamaki don't even understand this whole like cataclysmic thing going right so on. I
1: think maybe for the aunt it's more of the fact that it's like you said the aunt was just like it's. she's going through she's a teenager she's going through mm-hmm. moments right now which unsurprisingly involves her mom who died in something very very tragic so I'm just gonna yeah. I'm just gonna show her support because I want her to know I'm here for her and I love her sort of thing like I feel like that's what's going on with the aunt and the mm-hmm. friend was just mainly because, like, my bro is gone. Where the heck is he? <laughs> <There's> <laughs> so... well, like,
0: I, I, I wouldn't chalk it up to just that. I think a lot of series I was characterizations show he's kind of like a laid back guy that doesn't mind just like going along with stuff. Like, he's a guy that mm-hmm. likes to. He wants, the, you know, he's broke as a student, but he still wants the cool looking sports he, he car. He borrowed money and he, money and he still
1: people. hasn't paid it back yet to his friend. <laughs> yeah so
0: Mm -hmm. i think i think i
2: think like series i was very much just vibes
1: that's true yeah
2: (laughs) yeah he 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 accepted what was going on like pretty quick and yeah i i'm just laughing because like if this was if this was weathering with you um because the story in weathering with you takes place like in such a tight location or it's just it's just one city they wouldn't really have to have this road trip thing because it would have been like that long chase sequence at the end of Weathering with You, where like because of that, it's like wait, this is this whole story is taking place across like the entire country, so it takes time yeah. mm-hmm. for Suzume to get to the lo- to the travel. So it's like there there had to be some of these like slower moments to get there. Jack
1: did say that, that he was it, because I like he... I like watching pretty animation. I think Jack did say he thinks he would have really enjoyed Suzume as like a series like getting even just longer time to enjoy the locations and stuff like that. So I thought that was an interesting thing where, so instead of like (laughs) in like you consume it all in like a two, two and a half hour movie, it's pretty long Two hours. Yeah. A two-hour movie, um, he's like, you can take one location per week and stuff like that. And I was like, okay, that's an interesting, like, perspective. I could see yeah. that.
0: It's like a, a the kind of, not monster of the week, but, like, here's the gate that we're going to address this Yeah, week. and
1: then the gate has, you know, memories associated, whether it's with natural disasters or, you know, depopulation or um, another... Any, any number, number of, of things yeah and then uh, of course yeah. also meet the people there and i was like yeah i can definitely see that of course it won't have the quality and the production level <laughs> yeah. yeah that's the thing is
0: uh a series like that um i liked it i liked actually i didn't mind the big journey but that's also because um i in the back both like digitally and on paper and in the back of my brain just have like a running tally of like Oh, I want to visit there. Oh, I want to visit there. I want to visit there. And so the movie that has like a dozen different locations and like I want to take the ferry from Miyazaki prefecture to Ehime. I want to I want to ride the big train again. I want to visit this. I want to go to Kobe. I want to do this. I want to do that. Uh it it makes me it, it ignites the uh, passionate spark of in the, in the traveler
2: inside of me, so. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and and that's why like I think the main thing to get out of Sezame is like it's not really about like it's not like a romance. It's like it, it, the romance is on the weaker side and not necessarily the focus, it's really coming down to the pivotal scene where older Suzume finally realizes that she told younger Suzume that everything is going to be right in the wake of experiencing just the massive tragedy. Yeah, so, so it's like trying really to get to it's that. It's like,
0: you'll get better. And I know this because I'm you. I know that. Exactly. It's like that,
2: that acceptance and healing is like part of that. That's the focus of the film.
0: I have brain rot though because I saw that and I'm like, haha, that's like the thing from Harry Potter.
1: <laughs> I mean Harry Potter's not the first one to do something like
0: that. Yeah, no, absolutely not. But you know, I was like twelve years old when that movie came out, so you
2: know I, I did feel like I was like uh, like I had that thought when at the very beginning of the film, I'm like, Oh, is this gonna be older Susan Man? And I was I was a little sad that I like I had that in Oh, my head. I didn't get like, that actually, I, believe but... it or not. <laughs> Uh, oh well, it's hard being <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> not really going No, no. No. <laughs> no, no, you don't get, to, you don't get to,
0: you don't get to tease Nick for that, Gracie, because I distinctly remember in one of our group chats the whole Agnes absolutely does the soul read on the character in this show and is really upset. So, um, I'm trying to remember which one which it is. Part, just, which like, are you talking it's, the, really? it's the it's um, the. I gotta scroll down the chart again real quick. It's the. Like, are we reason talking why about re- the buddy daddy Ray incident. Liana ended up at the Duke's else? mansion? There's apparently like oh. a silver hair. There's like a silver haired Edge Lord. Oh, no, in it, no, and... no,
2: no, no.
1: Do not remember no, me. No, like, this is like
2: <laughs> offline. Like, we'll have to get this Lord later. Like, yeah, sorry. We're already running over time. And that's entirely um, my fault. <laughs> Uh, yeah, so I the really, point is, like, it, it goes in a complete different direction than I would say, like, Weathering With You and Your Name does. Whereas, like, Weathering With You is, like, I was, like, oh, this feels like I watched the same movie, but, like, slightly but with slightly in different some
0: themes. ways. Yeah. slightly
1: yeah, not as compar- good.
2: <laughs> yeah, like. Yeah, no,
0: I I think that's why I like Susan May Moore is because I don't usually do the traditional, like, boy
2: meets girl kind of, uh,
0: mm-hmm. kind of content
2: um yeah and like i i love shinkai's movies when when they break up like that's this that's that is by ooh i love those those ones those are my favorite ones um maybe that tells me like i'm just like a bad person or something no like, that's
0: okay uh it's all right i don't know
2: because it's like when gracie was like oh this was originally gonna be lgbt love story and i'm like man what, let's have an lgbt Divorce what? story. No. Let's have, yeah, let's like have what? marriage. A let's have marriage story, but LGBT. I think would sell like a even, million, million tickets. They're still not to legally marry yet. Okay, don't jump
1: too far ahead. <laughs> Gosh, hey, I, I just think everybody's allowed to have I
2: messy I would love that. So that's that's your next million dollar idea, executives. That one's free. <laughs> 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 yeah, we start charging after
0: that. <laughs> Um, I, I wanted to, I guess I, I am, I know we probably have a lot of other thoughts, but I'm going to forcefully bring this to a close with my last Mm -hmm. thought, which was as I was watching the credits and was like, oh, they recorded the choir in Prague. Huh? Oh, wait, there was a bunch of other really good anime music that was recorded in Prague. When has Prague been like the hotspot for
2: anime (laughs) recordings? Uh, it's probably one of the most cultural places in the entire world. Cause it's like one of the few like European cities that was untouched by world it war two completely obliterated. Yeah. Yeah. Well, like was... the main tragedy of Prague is like literally every European city could have been like as crazy big and elaborate as Prague had had the conflict not happen. Is yeah. That's like the main thing to get out of that.
0: Oh, well the thing is I was getting at is uh, I feel like the first time, at least for me, that Prague showed up on the map in terms of anime music was when uh, Kevin Penkin did the music for Maiden in the Oh, and, you're right. Yeah, yeah. And I'm like, did Kevin just get everybody to like, everybody just wants to record at the Prague uh, with like with the Prague uh, Philharmonic or not Philharmonic. Um, you know, the, the various musicians and, and, um, recording areas in there just because like, oh man, we really liked the audio in this one show. Why don't we do that? Mm -hmm. Uh, I have no idea if that's the case. That's sheer speculation, but I thought it was neat. Just a fun, Um, that's a
2: fun, that's a fun, fun fact.
0: Yeah. So anyway, we ran over. We will try not to do that in the future. Um, Just kidding. Uh, (laughs) I have no (laughs) control over whether or not we run over, but thanks so much for listening, everybody. Uh, If you want more of this content, you found us to begin with. So just keep finding us at this particular locale. Uh if you're interested in getting kind of updates on when we post episodes, you can follow us at at Pod. Uh if you want to follow me uh, and my bad takes you can follow me at, at @konochiyoda Uh Nick, if people want to find you, where do they go?
2: Yeah, you can send all your hot takes at Nico the Neko on Twitter. And Gracie. Uh,
1: you can find me at GirlTaku underscore AT and please listen to our podcast. <laughs>
0: Yes, listen to Girl Taku. They're doing better than we are, and we, I'm <laughs> on board with that. Mm-hmm. Um, we'll see you next time.
1: Bye.
0: Thank you. Bye. Goodbye.